Hey, this is Adam Thielen. Caught Thielen at the 50-yard line. That reception by Detroit Lakes' Adam Thielen puts him over 1,000 yards for the season. Your sports leader in the Lakes area is KDLM Detroit Lakes. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty, KDLM, the station you can count on. This is the KDLM Sports Wrap on a football preview Friday here on KDLM. Lots to get to from yesterday. However, Twins they fall in the season finale at Target Field. We got two teams in Major League Baseball clinching divisions last night. We'll recap that in a second. Wild hockey. They gave up a lot of goals last night. They scored more than they did in St. Louis, though. If you're going to look at the positives, the wild offense was on point, but uh, defense having some issues. We'll talk about some gopher news as well. Gopher football, of course, on the road, licking their wounds from Bowling Green last week at Purdue. Tomorrow, you've got uh, gopher hockey program uh, reaching a big extension with Bob Motzko. We'll talk about in a second, we'll talk about some some Twins free agency stuff as well. There's a specific guy on their team they want to bring back next year because according to uh, to the head hot shows, the Twins are not in rebuilding mode and they're expecting to compete for the AL Central in 2022 despite finishing in dead last. A lot of high school volleyball to recap from last night, some high school soccer to recap from last night, some high school cross country to recap from last night, and of course previewed a big matchup tomorrow. You could argue this matchup is going to be bigger in this area than what Minnesota and Purdue is going to be. NDSU versus UND tomorrow. We'll talk to Keith Brake from Bison 1660 to preview Bison versus Fighting Hawks. But first, let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports. Rewind time. Three-one pitch, a towering drive, left center field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes and gone. Twins are back on top on the second homer tonight from Byron Buxton. Seven-six Twins. That home run for Byron Buxton, this is his second of the night, gives him eighteen on the season, which is a new career high. But as the story has been for the Twins all season long, the bullpen not. Able to to hold that lead. Twins fall in their season finale at Target Field last night. Final score ten to seven to the Detroit Tigers. To recap last night's game, here's voice of the Twins, Corey Provis. Twins and the Tigers one more time from Target Field. Twins wrapping up the home portion of the 2021 season, trying to sweep the Tigers in this three-game set. And Joe Ryan got the ball in the home finale. And Tarek Skubal, left-hander, two young arms. We could see this matchup many more times over the years. And that was the good one on paper entering this one tonight. But neither guy had their good stuff. In fact, Joe Ryan 
He was knocked around a little bit. He gave up six runs on six hits in four and two-thirds innings. Meanwhile, Tarek Skubal gave up five runs in three and one-third innings. So it was that kind of night, offensively driven. Twins surged in front right away on a Byron Buxton home run, a leadoff homer's fifth career leadoff shot. And then Donaldson hit a three-run homer in the third. It was a 4-1 game for Donaldson, career home run number 250. But then the Tigers answered back with four in the fourth. Former twin Nico Goodrum homered in the third, homered again in the fourth, a three-run blast this time, and the Twins' lead was gone. But back and forth we played throughout the night. Luisa Rice came up with a big game-tying two-out hit in the sixth inning. And then the Twins took the lead in the seventh on Buxton's second home run of the game. So the Twins led by one run entering the eighth inning. Ralph Garza came into pitch, and Garza's been so good but did not have it on Thursday night. He walked the first two guys. That's always a bad sign. And then a game-tying RBI double from Harold Castro, and that would chase Garza from the game. Fieldbar came in, retired Nico Goodrum, but then Dustin Garneau with a sack fly RBI gave the Tigers a one-run lead, and they were not done yet with Willie Castro at the plate in the eighth inning. And the 2-0 pitch, ground ball right side, base hit right field. Castro scores, two on RBI single from Willie Castro, 9-7 Tigers. Turned out to be a three-run eighth, and the Tigers led at that point 10-7. Twins had a shot in the ninth inning, put two on, two out, but Kepler flied out to end the game, and the Tigers hung on to win by that 10-7 final. In the loss, Byron Buxton had a great game. He was on base four times. He homered twice. He doubled. He scored three runs, so he was great. The offense put up a good showing, and for the most part, the bullpen was okay. But again, Garza, who has been so good, just did not have it as he suffers his fourth loss of the season. Twins, 71-88. and The crowd was 21,186 on Prince Night, and the Twins finished the year with about $1.3 million in terms of fan attendance at Target Field. So the Twins lose the game. They have one series left, and they will play in Kansas City, and that begins on Friday night, 6.30 pregame, 7.10 first pitch from the K. But the final from Target Field and the home finale, Tigers 10 and the Twins 7. I'm Corey Provis on your home for Twins Baseball. And like Corey said there, I mean, Byron Buxton having himself a game last night. And what's probably going to happen this offseason is, is Twins and Buxton, there's going to be a lot of, 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 of talk about extension and trade with Byron Buxton. But for one night, uh, not worried about that. And, and Twins manager Rocco Baldelli, very impressed with his center fielder. You know, I think he's seeing the ball very well right now. I think I think we can put to rest the hand issue that he's, you know, lingered for a little while. I mean, he, he just looks great right now, and I think he's a very dangerous at bat regardless of whatever pitcher he's facing. Yeah, I bet he's wishing there was some more baseball to be played this year. I, I, that's, that's what I bet he's thinking. And for all of us that are watching him play, I, we're thinking the same thing. So he had it all going for a period of time this year. Uh, he's got it all going again. He's showing you everything you want to see. He does do it all. And he show he shows it to you. Sometimes he shows it to you all in one game and one series. If you got a chance to watch this series, you walked away uh, watching a, a real great player. Another couple of points that Rocco Baldelli made in his post game press conference yesterday is the Twins' desire to re-sign free agent to be pitcher Michael Pineda to get him back for the 2022 season. Because uh, two things are going to be big talking points for the Twins this off season: the Byron Buxton extension and what the Twins are going to do to bring in some free agent pitching. Because you've got Kenta Maeda, who just had Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out until at least the middle 
to the end of May. And then what else is left? Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks. That could be your one, two, three next year. And especially in a year where where Derek Falvey has said, you know, the Twins are not in rebuild mode. Yeah, we've we've lost 88 games this year. But, you know, you you look at the Twins the, the first half of the season, and the big story was why can't the Twins win a stinking extra inning game? And they were like, what, 0 for, 0 for 12, 13, 14, something like that. You split those in half, and the Twins are right back in this thing. If they're they're able to, it, it's the game of coulda, woulda, shoulda for the Minnesota Twins, but if they're able to win half to three-quarters of those extra inning games, I mean, we're not talking about this 88-loss Twins team. We're talking about the, the Twins likely still in a, in a fight with the Chicago White Sox for the division, or even at, le- at least in the wild card conversation at this point. So Michael Pineda, a, a huge point to bring back for the Twins. After coming off the IL, uh, he's won his, his last five starts. And so showing that he he can still be a very valuable part of this organization. And, and maybe that's why the Twins didn't deal Mike Pineda at the trade deadline. And he was a, a name that could have gone too, especially a, a team that you know could have got something for for Mike Pineda. I mean, you look at the return for for Nelson Cruz, Joe Ryan, that ain't bad. Able to get uh, away from the J. Hap signing, get John Gant, who's starting for the Twins in Kansas City tonight. Able to get some really good prospects for Jose Barrios, and the Twins probably could have got something useful down the road in exchange for Mike Pineda, but maybe thinking, you know what, we can resign this guy, we can bring him back, and he's going to help us compete for the AL Central crown in 2022. Speaking of playoffs and AL Central crown, uh, two more teams clinching playoff spots last night. One of those teams, the Atlanta Braves, they are the NL East champions for the fourth consecutive year. Not quite the streak that Bobby Cox and those guys had in the uh, in the 90s and early 2000s, but uh, congratulations to the Braves. They beat the Phillies last night. Braves have won six games in a row heading into the playoffs, and now they are once again NL East champions. The Houston Astros are also champions. They uh, clinched the National League West last night with a win over the Tampa Bay Rays. So you got the three division winners set in the American League. It's Tampa Bay. It's Houston, it's Chicago, and the way things are are kind of panning out, we're going to have Tampa Bay, which has clinched the number one overall seed, will face the wild card team, and still a lot of question marks there. Now, I mean, this is the race to watch. <laughs> the Yankees still a two-game lead over Boston, but now Seattle was idle last night. You've got the Boston Red Sox and Seattle Mariners both tied for the second American League wildcard spot, the Seattle Mariners have not made the playoffs since 2001. That's the longest active streak in baseball. They've won four straight games. They've won nine of their last ten. They are just they're they're they're, they're St. Louis Cardinals style surging back into the race. And then you've got the Toronto Blue Jays one game behind them. It's going to be a fun final weekend in baseball. Looking at the National League. Uh, you've got uh, one division still up for grabs, and that would be the the National League West. I mean, these teams don't lose. San Francisco, they still have that two-game lead on the Dodgers. Uh, Giants now 105-54. and 54. Like, well, if, if you would have told me the San Francisco Giants would win more than 100 games this year, it was about the same as predicting that the Twins would finish last in the division. It just It just wasn't supposed to happen. But now here we are. They've won six games in a row. They can win the National League West with a win and a Dodger loss. Dodgers, they have 103 wins, and they're likely going to be in the wild card. 
How about that? They've won four straight games. These two teams hot heading down the stretch. Could be a fun final weekend. Of course, the Brewers have clinched. The Braves have clinched. The Dodgers have clinched a playoff spot. And the St. Louis Cardinals has clinched that second wild card as well. So in the National League, we know who is going to be in the playoffs. Everybody is clinched. We're just not sure what the matchups will be. It will be Milwaukee versus Atlanta. But the other one, not sure if it's going to be the Giants versus the Cardinals or the Dodgers versus the Cardinals in that NL wildcard series. Some high school scores to get to from last night. Laker volleyball in action on the road in Aiken, and they win in straight sets. They beat the Gobblers 3 to nothing. Laker volleyball improves to 5-9 and nine on the season, and they are going to travel to Teeth River Falls next Tuesday to take on a very, very tough Prowler team. Prowler team that's 9-3 and three on the year. They'll get uh, the Prowlers on the second of a back-to-back. Uh, Prowlers a tough matchup against DGF on Monday, and then they get the Lakers on Tuesday. Other scores from a high school volleyball action of local and section interest. Holly Nuggets, they beat DGF again last night in five sets, three to two. The Verndale Pirates in straight sets over the Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines, three to nothing. Alexandria over St. Cloud Apollo, three nothing in volleyball last night. Wheaton Herman Norcross, they beat West Central Area, three to one. New York Mills over Monaga, three to nothing. The Bertha Hewitt Bears over the Pillager Huskies, three to nothing last night. Ada Borup West beats the LPA Raiders, three to one. Barnesville over Purim in volleyball action last night, three to one. Breckenridge over Pelican Rapids, three nothing. Underwood beats Parker's Prairie, three nothing. Staples Molly over Park Rapids, 3-0. Pequot Lakes over CI, 3-0. Nevis beats Bram last night, 3-0. And Fertile Beltrami over the Bagley Flyers, 3-0. And boys soccer last night, it was a close one. It was 0-0 at half, and then Fergus Falls ekes out a 1-0 win over Detroit Lakes in boys soccer last night. Lakers now 5-7-1. They travel to Pelican Rapids next Tuesday. Only two more games in the regular season for Laker boys soccer to start winding things down getting into the section playoffs. In girls soccer last night, they also have another heartbreaking loss. One to nothing loss to Sartell. Laker girls soccer now 6-5-1. and one. They've lost two straight tough games. They'll be at St. Cloud Tech tomorrow. The Laker girls cross-country team finished fifth in Fergus Falls yesterday. Julia Steffel, the first runner in for Detroit Lake. She finishes 13th overall with a time of 21.06. Isla Pender is second in with an even 22 minutes. Sadie Johnson, Lily Bathke, Kira Wolf, Caitlin Jorgensen, and Maddie Blahut finishing in that order for Detroit Lakes yesterday. They finished fifth in Fergus Falls. Mason Shaw on the draw. Against Comfort, the Wild win it. Duhame to the point. Drive by Lazant whistle wide. Duhame the first man to it. He'll turn and shoot one. And he scores! Traffic in front from Mason Shaw. And Duhame's right wing wrister tipped by Shaw and appeared in the Wild back in front. It's 4-3. to 4-3 Wild at that point in preseason game number two. But the Wild defense an issue again. Giving up three unanswered goals. One of those an empty netter in the final period as they lose in Colorado last night. 6-4. to four. Dave Evanson talked about uh, some of the positives from last night's loss to Colorado last night. Well, we thought, you know, goaltending was real good. Cam was, uh, boy... Looked like he uh, he didn't miss a beat, right? It looks like he just slid right from the, the playoffs into that game. So um, very encouraging there. And, um, you know, we, we liked our back end. Uh, seeing Churchman and, uh, and Lizotte for the first time was, uh, you know, they both conducted themselves uh, extremely well in this hockey game. So, um, yeah, a lot of encouraging things. Three three pretty goals in that 6-4 to four loss to the Avalanche last night. Matt Zuccarello assisted on three of the Wilds' four goals. 
Adam Beckman, Kevin Fiala, Ryan Hartman, and Mason Shaw all scoring for Minnesota. Cam Talbot, he uh, started the game 22 of 24 uh, in, in shots faced. Then Andrew Hammond took over before the game. The Wild Cut their training camp roster down to 34 players. Minnesota will host these Colorado Avalanche at the X coming up on Monday. A couple other news and notes to get to. Uh, former Vikings assistant coach Kevin Stefanski returning to Minnesota for the first time since becoming the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in 2020. Served as the offensive coordinator his final two seasons with the team. Vikings are going to start Rashad Hill at left tackle, even though Christian Derrissaw was a full participant in practice yesterday. Rashad Breland and four of the Vikings missed practice yesterday as well. Dalvin Cook limited in practice. Sunday's game kicks off at noon. Pre-game show at 11 o'clock right here on KDLM. Some gopher hockey news as well. Uh, Bob Motzko will be here long-term, signing an extension that's good through the 2025-26 season. A three-year contract extension yesterday. Motzko is a career 58, 37, and 11 in three years as the head coach of the gopher hockey team. Coming up second after the wrap, we're going to talk some Bison football. Big Missouri Valley Conference matchup this weekend. The NDSU Bison the UND Fighting Hawks. We'll talk to Keith Brake from Bison 1660 next to preview that matchup on KDLM. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Tom Brady says his breakup with the Patriots was handled perfectly and that things worked out for the best for himself and his former team. Brady will be back in Foxborough on Sunday night to face the Patriots for the first time since leaving to join the Buccaneers. I think everything was handled the right way. You know, we handled everything as gracefully as we could. Um, it was an amazing, like I said, time, and um, it was handled It was handled perfectly. I think, you know, things worked out for the best for, for all of us. The Super Bowl halftime show lineup announced. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar will perform for the first time on stage together. The five artists have a combined 44 Grammys. The Super Bowl back in Los Angeles for the first time since 1993. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try? for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text BEACH to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text BEACH to 42424 right now. Text B-E-A-C-H to 42424. Text BEACH to 42424. Layton Broadcasting in Detroit Lakes is now hiring for a part-time administrative assistant. You'll work flexible hours Monday through Friday with a great group of people and Daisy, our office dog. Duties include answering phones and greeting visitors, as well as prepare electronic reports. If you're great with people in person and over the phone, reliable and willing to learn, we want to speak with you. To apply, call Layton Broadcasting at 847-5624 or email your resume to dloffice at laytonbroadcasting.com. Layton Broadcasting is an equal opportunity 
employer. Rehab Authority is now open in Detroit Lakes, a new clinic for treating all conditions in physical therapy, including back, neck, and sports injuries. Rehab Authority offers complimentary consults and injury screens, same-day appointments, direct access, and a leader who has been in the field for over 30 years. Clinic manager Kim Anderson is excited to bring his years of experience back to the Lakes area. Rehab Authority invites you to their grand opening Wednesday, October 6th from 47, located in the McKinley Plaza, Detroit Lakes. Now is the time to put in your holiday orders at Creamy Creations. Think cheesecake bites, caramels, popcorn, roasted almonds, cookies, pies, bars, and more. All made from scratch. Creamy Creations is the perfect gift for clients, employees, family, and friends. And they can do your Thanksgiving and Christmas baking for you, too. Place your holiday order now by calling Creamy Creations at 375-2388. That's 218-375-2388. Or send them a message on Facebook. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Cram. We'll talk Minnesota volleyball after this. Don't miss Cub Days. Stop by your local Cub Foods and join our hometown celebration for great deals and more throughout the store. Shop with your My Cub Rewards card and get Powerade for only 49 cents each. Gala Apple Totes for just 99 cents per pound. And Stone Ridge Creamery Ice Cream for $1.99 each. My Cub Rewards members save even more during Cub Days. Just use your My Cub Rewards at checkout to save big. My Cub, my way. See store for details. The seventh-ranked Golden Gophers visit the fifth-ranked Badgers in Madison tonight. Minnesota senior C.C. McGraw of Pryor Lake says it's always exciting to play a Big Ten rival. Usually some of the tough and the better opponents in the um, conference are fun. And, you know, you always look forward to those big matchups. Um, obviously, Wisconsin being one of them, I think that's a match that you're always pumped about. Um but again, Q always says, don't play to an expectation. I think every single day and every single match in the Big Ten, you got to play your best and always respect your opponents. So whether it's Wisconsin or a lower team or whatever, you want to make sure that you're bringing your A game and just doing whatever you can to help your team win the next point. That's what he always says. <laughs> <laughs> what are those matches with Wisconsin like, and what do you expect Friday from them? I mean, that team is just stacked and loaded up with studs, so – they're an amazing team, an amazing program, so I think they're going to bring it, and so are we. So I'm excited to play some good competitive competitive volleyball. Um, I know everyone else is on the team, so I think it's mutual respect, definitely, in those matches. So we're all looking forward to it. That's goal for senior C.C. McGraw of Prior Lake. Tonight's match starts at 8. For more info, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The Checkoff Check-In, brought to you by the Minnesota Corn Growers Association and Minnesota Corn Research and Promotion Council, provides the latest in research and outreach made possible by Farmers Investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff. Gary Fireisen, an ag research engineer with USDA, is using a Minnesota Corn Innovation Grant to study different techniques farmers can use to improve water quality in Faribault County. We only have data from 2021. We just got this up and running late last fall. And one reason we're out there is as, as a scientist, I'm there to serve. And I'm there to provide feedback to the local producers. And, and these watersheds, by the way, are about a square mile. So there's a half dozen producers or so that have fields in there. And we're sharing the information back to them. So I think that's what's gonna have the impact here. And, and this is what the corn growers want too, is they want the producers involved. 
To learn more, visit mncorn.org. Auctionblock.com. First with online equipment auctions in 1999. First in worldwide registered users. Sell with a leader. Auctionblock.com. Call Auctionblock today. 218-483-7880. Did you know early detection is the best defense against breast cancer? If you're over the age of 40, be sure to schedule your annual mammogram. Many women with breast cancer have no symptoms, and about 85% have no family history of breast cancer. When found and treated early, breast cancer is curable. 98% of patients survive. Don't wait another moment. Schedule your mammogram today. Brought to you by Essentia Health. Cancer Care. Like nowhere else. Detroit Lakes weather. Here's your KDON weatherology forecast. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies with a chance for some showers and storms, especially into the afternoon. We'll have highs in the upper 60s. For tonight, more scattered showers, possibly a thunder shower in the evening, low of 55. And any spotty showers wrapping up early on Saturday, gradually increasing sunshine throughout the day with highs right around 70, and for Sunday, low 70s. That's your latest forecast. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a football preview Friday. Lots of good games happening today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Of course, you got Lakers and Pequot Lakes for homecoming in Detroit Lakes tonight. You've got Gophers and Purdue tomorrow, but probably the biggest of those games: UND versus NDSU tomorrow. Kickoff at two o'clock. We're joined by Keith Brake of Bison sixteen sixty. And Keith, we've been waiting for this game for a long time, man. Yeah, you were so excited. You were ready for it last week. I was. I was ready to go. It made me wait an extra week for this game. Uh, a little bit, but no. This is this is an exciting one. I think, especially for people in Grand Forks. I mean, this is the first time that the Bison have been to Grand Forks since 2003. We're expecting a raucous atmosphere, and mm-hmm. from what I have understood, uh, some folks are expecting a lot of yellow uh, in in the Alaris Center. Really, uh, there were some North Dakota State fans that. From my understanding, there were some Bison fans that bought UND season tickets to have access to this game because it was that affordable. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, not at all. But this is uh, this is this is a big one uh, for for uh, North Dakota. I, I think it's just if, you know North Dakota State will tell you it's the biggest one because it's the next one, and, and unlike with like a South Dakota State. I, I think they actually mean it. You know, the, the rivalry hasn't really been fully restored yet, even though the fans will draw back and forth and there's some chirping going on. Yeah. Um, North Dakota State, the last three times these teams have met in Fargo, it has not gone well. Uh, and I think since the, since NDSU undertook the move up, they got a little ahead of the curve in, in UND and football. Back when both were in Division Two in the NCC, both were usually pretty good. Uh, you you could count on UND to be fairly deep in the playoffs, and that's not really been the case. Of course, back in the spring, North Dakota comes into the Valley in their first season. They win a share of the conference title, shared conference title, still a conference title. And uh, for the first time at the FCS level, they won a playoff game. So it's obviously a, a program up there that, that believes they have some, some momentum. But uh, I still don't know if they got enough for North Dakota State t- tomorrow. 
Looking at their their schedule so far, uh, they're, they're they're two and one. They beat Idaho State back in week one, thirty five fourteen. And then there was the Utah State game, the game that was delayed due to lightning or something funky like that. Uh, Utah State beats them forty eight twenty four. They bounce back, shutting out Drake the next week, thirty eight to nothing. And now they've got uh, they've got NDSU. L- looking at some of the stats here, looks like a a, a pretty good rushing attack here for. Uh, for, for UND, led by uh, by Luke Sconde, he's got uh, a whole pile of yards. You've got uh, Otis Wea, and then of course the the passing and rushing attack of Tommy Schuster. What does this UND offense bring to the table? Well, Skogna's got the numbers because Wea didn't play against Drake. Uh, don't so don't don't let the numbers fool you. Otis Wea is the guy. Um, I I, ha- I sat down with defensive coordinator David Run for North Dakota State, and, and he said to me, well, he was trying to describe the way that Wea thrives off contact. He said, what was, what's, that, what's that machine where like you shoot a ball into it and it bounces around? And I said, a pinball? And he said, yes, thank you. Otis <laughs> Wea is like a pinball. He thrives off contact. If you try to arm tackle him, if you don't wrap him up securely the first time, he will shrug you off and he'll get faster. He, he thrives for that first hit. And, and he absolutely relishes the style of football that's played in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. He is a force of nature in that backfield for North Dakota. And Tommy Schuster reminds me a lot of Jake Mayer uh, that uh, the Bison played a couple years ago at UC Davis because he does a, an excellent job of protecting himself. You know, his receivers are just okay. They're, they're, they're good receivers for the FCS level. They're not necessarily receivers that you look at and say, holy cow, everybody on this team is going to the NFL. Um, Tommy Schuster does a great job of just getting them the ball on time and, and, and making sure that he doesn't take a negative play and gives his receivers a chance to do something. And uh, UND throwing the ball will probably run a little bit of quick game. They'll try to do some stuff that's like six, seven yards at a time. Um, and, and North Dakota State, I think, can live with that. It's, okay, when you try to take that away, that's when they try to hit you for the 25-yard shot. And so I, I would expect North Dakota State to be in a lot of too high stuff uh, throughout the game, two safeties on the back end, keep everything in front of them, and just kind of look for your spots to disrupt the timing uh, of this offense and uh, see if you can get those spots on third down where North Dakota State, or see if you can get them into third downs, third and medium, third and long, because North Dakota State has done that really, really well all season. And uh, I would, I would, they would love the opportunity to get UND uh, into third down and long situations because that means they're going to get off the field quite a lot. It's going to be a fun matchup uh, between this, this this NDSU defensive line and the offensive line of of, of UND. Uh, a, a name that a lot of former Laker football players will know, Matt Oletzko, uh, now a senior, 305-pound senior from, from McCory, uh, had a lot of good battles in the trenches with a lot of Laker teams. Uh, who, who do you like in this matchup, the, the defensive line for, for NDSU or the offensive line for UND? I, I like the defensive line for NDSU. Um, I, the offensive line for UND is still solid, right? I mean, the spring, it was a real standout strength for them. But as as defensive lines around the country have gotten healthy, have gotten deeper because they've gotten, um, you know, players back that maybe weren't available to them in the pandemic or they've just had depth that wasn't available to them in the pandemic uh, season in the spring, uh, I think that that advantage has been mitigated somewhat. And North Dakota State's defensive line has been phenomenal 
so far this season. Um, the, in- the injury to Spencer Wagey is unfortunate. He won't play the rest of the year. Uh, they're hoping to have him back for his COVID senior season, his sixth year of eligibility in 2022. Uh, but the uh, guys that were identified to me as players that are going to step up in his place are players that we've already seen a little bit of. Will Mostart, his brother Eli, has been sensational on the inside for NDSU on the defensive line. Uh, and uh, Will is just right there on his heels. Both those guys are going to be really, really good players. And then LaShaka Rokes is another one. Otherwise, out of high school, uh, he's a guy that, that plays the game so fast. He's about the size of a linebacker, right? He's 6'2", 6'3", it's about 220, redshirt freshman. But when he makes a mistake, he makes it fast. And uh, that's something the coaches love. They love the way he's taking coaching. And just in the three games so far this year, they think he's come a long way and, and could be an option for them when they're looking at their their so-called NASCAR package where you've got three defensive ends on the field and you're trying to rush the quarterback on third and long. So you get him out there with Braden Thomas. You get him out there with Logan McCormick. You get him out there with some of those other guys that North Dakota State's been able to rotate in uh, so far this year. They are still – eight guys deep, seven, eight guys deep on the defensive line, even without Spencer. So um, I expect North Dakota State's defensive line to do what it's done to most of the teams and uh, have a really successful day on Saturday afternoon. Talking to Keith Brake from Bison 1660. Bison have the number one rushing attack uh, in the FCS. Uh, in all Division One. only Air Force of the Mountain West Conference has uh, mm-hmm. more rushing yards than the, than the Bison uh 357 yards over their first four games, average or something like that. Uh, any surprises that the rushing attack for NDSU has been as potent as it's been this year? No. Did you want more? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's this is exactly what we were hoping for. When you saw Dominic Ganella really come on strong at the end of last year, you were mm-hmm. hoping that could carry over. I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams envisioned what he was able to do against uh, Albany in the opener. Uh, he was really, really solid again. Uh, against Towson, uh, and we, we're seeing more and more, and this is a guy that you're going to see a lot of when we get into the later portions of the season, and NDSU is in goal line situations or short guard situations, is to Eric Williams, the SMU transfer. Everything I said about Wea, how he's just so tough to bring down and he thrives on contact, all of that is true of Tameric Williams as well. Um, this guy is a phenomenal short yardage option. I love watching him play. Uh, and he's even managed to take reps away from a really, really good running back in Kobe Johnson. There's another really good running back in Jalen Bussey. There's mm-hmm. another really good running back in T.K. Marshall. There's another really good running option in the fullback slash tight end slash slot receiver Swiss Army knife. Uh, this team has so much depth in the backfield. That's not going to be anything close to an issue. And some of the young guys on their offensive line, Gray's able still getting back up to flying speed after an ankle injury late in the spring season. Um, but Mason Miller is a name that I'm hearing more and more from coaches, uh, a young tackle prospect who is really, really exciting uh, for them. They love his potential. They think he could have a really good career here. And uh, he's starting to get on the field. They're moving Cordell Volson inside every so often to right guard to help get Miller some run on the football field. That's a great sign because that's what happened for Cordell Volson. That's what happened with Zach Johnson, um, you know, back in, back in the, the couple of years ago when Cordell came onto the field at right mm-hmm. tackle, um, Cord- Zach Johnson was an all American tackle moved to guard for Cordell, who was even better at tackle. And now they move Cordell inside the guard 
and replace him with Mason Miller, who they're even more excited about at tackle. So the, the rich just get richer on the offensive line. No, it's not surprising to me at all that this rushing attack is quite as potent as it is. Uh, but I would also expect NDSU to try to get some of its pass-catching weapons going. Noah Gindorf doesn't have a touchdown yet. Phoenix Sproles has been very limited. So uh, those guys have done their job. They've paid their dues. They're blocking their tails off in the run game. I think you're going to see them get some targets on Saturday. Yeah, talking about the passing game with Quincy Patterson, a lot of hype of this guy. Uh, Virginia Tech transfer, I believe. A big Dante Culpepper type mm-hmm. quarterback is what he reminds me of. 6'3", 246. And, and the Bison really haven't had to, to throw the ball that much. I mean, uh, 16 attempts against Albany in that one. Uh, 11 attempts mm-hmm. at Towns. Only, only five pass attempts at, at Valpo in that blowout. Uh, talk about the... Uh, the the, the potential of what the NDSU passing attack could be and what would happen if the Bison do end up getting in a shootout with UND this weekend? Well, we saw the potential of the passing attack, Zeke, uh, against Towson when uh, Quincy Patterson finally linked up with Christian Watson for that home run ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big one. And uh, that, that's the one that they've been, they've been looking for. You get Watson in a one-on-one matchup against the defensive back, and he's going to win that matchup nine times out of ten at this level. You just hit him in. All you got to do is is hit him in stride. And, and Quincy was even talking to me about that. He said it was such a relief to see that happen because they'd had a couple that that hadn't quite gone off. There was one where Watson was interfered with. There was one that went through Christian's hands. There was one where maybe Watson got tied up down the sideline a little bit, but Quincy still missed him. Then uh, Quincy Patterson was telling me on Tuesday. He said, "I knew when that came out of my hand." Okay. That's a ball. Go get it, Christian. Like, that was a really good throw. I put this on the money for you. Go make it happen. And um, Christian Watson very much did make it happen, and they got a big touchdown out of it. Um, That's exactly the kind of play that North Dakota State can hit with Quincy Patterson, a quarterback that hasn't really been there since Trey Lance left. And that's going to be the big difference maker that because it's an, it's almost an automatic touchdown. Yep. And when you can score a touchdown on one big home run play like that, it puts pressure on the other team to try to keep pace because you know North Dakota State is going to continue to score uh, at a at a more methodical pace. But they can now hit the big home run play over the top as well, and suddenly you, you find yourself uh, staring at a deficit. When five minutes ago, the game was tied. The game was scoreless, and now you're in a 14 nothing hole. Teams have had themselves in that situation so many times against North Dakota State, and the pass game is part of why. Uh, I, I think you're going to see some other guys get involved. Look for more from Rajah Nelson. He's a, a great young prospect. Look for more from Braylon Henderson. Phoenix Sproles is a guy that is hungry, has been putting in the time. He's coming back from a knee injury. He missed the whole spring season. Um, he is just about ready to unleash on on this conference. Uh, I think he's really chomping at the bit as well. And then Josh Babich, Noah Gendor at the tight ends, and Lipke I mentioned earlier in the running attack, he can line up as a slot receiver and run routes. He had a 44-yard catch on a post route hmm. against Towson. I, it was just it was phenomenal. I, I've never seen a guy that size run that fast and beat a nickel DB um, to to the football. It was just as unlike anything I think I've ever seen at the collegiate level, certainly unlike anything I've seen at the professional level. Uh, this this guy is phenomenal. So the offense is, the pass attack is loaded with weapons, just like the run game is. Quincy Patterson is the guy to take advantage of those, those weapons. And uh, I think you're going to see that 
uh, at least somewhat, because like you said, they haven't had to throw the ball a whole lot. Uh, I think you're going to see that a little bit in the first half on Saturday. Kickoff from Grand Forks is at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Keith, what do the pregame festivities look like on Bison 1660 tomorrow? Oh, gosh, you're making me do math. Um, so the weekend <laughs> kickoff with my cohort, Andy Rickoff, starts at 8 a.m. Um, and then at uh, 10 a.m., we have the Bison Tailgate Show with our good friend Brad Jones. Brad does a look around the FCS. He's, he, he takes the show national. There's a great game between Eastern Washington and Montana tomorrow night. Mm. It's going to be part of his preview. Uh, the Battle of the Piney Woods with reigning champ Sam Houston and their big rival Stephen F. Austin, who didn't play in the spring. They played in the fall. They claimed the Southlands Fall Championship. So there's been a lot of smack talk back and forth between those two. They're going to play that game at Energy Stadium in, in Houston, the home of the Texans, which uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, there, there, are, there are a handful of good games in the Valley as well. Certainly intrigued by Missouri State and uh, Illinois State. Uh, that's a, a game that's going to be very important for those two teams that are trying to scrap their way in the playoffs, would certainly feel like the Bears have the upper hand. But the game is on the road in normal, so uh, we'll see how it goes. And then um, and from there, 11-1, to myself, Bison Game Day with Cole Jurek, who will be with us from on-site inside the Alaris Center press box. And we hand it off to the Bison Radio Network at 1 o'clock for the broadcast of the game between NDSU and UND, which kicks off uh, a little after 2 o'clock. Can't wait. Should be a good one. Rivalry week, UND versus NDSU from Grand Forks on Bison 1660. Tomorrow, Keith, uh, enjoy getting ready for this game. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, we'll be listening, and go Bison. Thanks, Zeke. Go Bison. It's finger licking good. Sweet, dude. All right, thanks again to Keith Bray from Bison 1660 for joining me on The Wrap this morning. If you miss any of that interview, you can go back and re-listen to it momentarily online, kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Full slate of high school football action tonight. Lakers at home. Mulberg Field homecoming night tonight. Against the 0-4 Pequot Lakes Patriots. Pre-game show at 6.30 with myself and Jim Petrick tonight. Charlie is out of town, so he's going to miss the game tonight. But Jim and I will be on the call. Kickoff at 7 o'clock right here on KDLM. Other games going on tonight. Staples Motley there at Holly tonight. You can find that game on 102.3 KRCQ. A good battle in Section 8-3A. Purim coming off that improbable hook and ladder play last week against the Lakers. They're at or they're at, at home, excuse me, against Fergus Falls. That game is at 7 o'clock on the Lakes 99.5. Other games of local and section interest, you've got Frazee traveling to Underwood tonight. Lake Park Audubon at Wadena Deer Creek. LPA, they've won two games in a row. They're averaging 46 points over their last two games. DGF travels to Park Rapids. Park Rapids beat Pequot Lakes 28-14 last week. Osakis at Parker's Prairie tonight. Pelican Rapids at OTC. Barnesville traveling to Pillager. Monoman Wobbin at Walker Hackensack Akeley. The Moorhead Spuds traveling to Sartell. Bemidji at Sauk Rapids. And Alexandria at Brainerd. You can find that full schedule online at kdlmradio.com. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. We're back on Monday right here on the station. You can count on KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It's uh, way past 10 o'clock. So here's what we're going to do. Quick CBS News break. We'll take a break for the weather and then start those classic hits on KDLM.